We'll start tonight in the, in the Middle East, where Israel... What? Israel isn't supposed to defend itself? Oh, yeah, if Mexico bomb Texas, will we exercise What other countries held to the same standard as Israel? Israel. 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 Israel.
and committing atrocities in Palestine, but they're Jews, so they can pretty much do what they want. All on today's show, and at the end of the show, I go on a rant about art, about how the state of art reflects our decaying, dystopic society. Um, and uh, you'll hear my thoughts on modern, modernism art, which is basically abstract filth. <laughs> All right, take a break. See you guys. All right, so let's get started on the war in Israel. So, you know, kind of been looking at the landscape, kind of starting my journey for truth back in maybe like 2015, uh, right at the start of the, the Trump campaign, when I feel like that's like the first time in modern history where social media was at a level where it kind of intersected with politics right at that kind of zenith moment, top of the mountain with Trump and Twitter and social media kind of created a, a huge floodgates of information, disinformation, kind of the start of the modern political discourse that we see now, which is run through social media and things of that, that nature, and we can see that through uh, some of the, the Republican debates being on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> but that's not really what I want to talk about. What I wanted to get to is um, it, this war really kind of coincides with the immigration issue because we can see all over the country we see or all over the world where Palestinians have been displaced due to Zionism and I'll get to that in a little bit you can see how all these people are bringing their beliefs and their wars and their gripes uh, to New York City even some college campuses it's very disheartening to see because I've never seen uh, this kind of backlash for any kind of American political discourse, but so be it. You know, to me, it's like, remember that time when Trump wanted to ban people coming in from Muslim countries and stuff like that, and he was called like a xenophobe? That's kind of the first time that I ever um, was related to that term, the xenophobe. Basically, let all Muslims in your country. Most Americans that I know, or me, are basically, I don't really want to. Whoa, it looks like uh, you got an Islamophobic and white supremacist here. That was at the time. Uh, our sentiment is we just don't really want to be replaced on our own country via this kind of mass-scale immigration. Uh, a lot of the, then it would be like, whoa, that's fascist. I need you to, you know, kill some Muslims for Israel. Now that, that's kind of what it is, right? First, you were a, a xenophobe if you didn't accept Muslims. Um, but now you can, let's go kill them, basically. Uh, kind of where I'm at. And what I wanted to get across from the show is, fuck you, I don't care about your holy wars that stretch back thousands of years, got nothing to fucking do with me. I'm not going to take a side. I don't give a shit either way. And I think that should be the American position. Uh, why the fuck do I care what the fuck is going on in Israel, really? And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know about the geopolitics of that Middle Eastern region there, like I'm some kind of fucking scholar about it like I see all these people on Twitter because um, in reality you know how many times I have thought about Israel in my fucking life probably zero times that I was like you know what you know I really what's going on in Israel right now is the weather over there I've never fucking said that 
And I know a lot of these people claiming you know, <laughs> they put up the Israel flag in their bio or just the same kind of the same kind of sentiment with that Ukraine shit, right? Or you have never thought about this fucking part of the country ever, but now it's the most important fuck, important fucking thing in their life. So starting there, I don't give a shit about what's going on in Israel. Secondly, start with Zionism, right? What is Zionism? Zionism is essentially to break it down and in, in the most simplest terms is if you believe in Zionism, you want Jews or you believe in the in the idea of them having their own homeland. Although throughout history they've never had it. Right? And and this goes back to even early brainwashing, which was when I was small, the sentiment that I got when I I guess I even, I guess I did think about Israel once in my life. When Israel was explaining to me for the first time, I guess the, the propaganda was, you know, they're the, the chosen people of God and America has some kind of duty to uh, protect Israel and grant them, you know, their homeland via our military. It's basically a subsidized state by the American military and funding from our American taxpayers. So to me, it's a total subsidized state by the American uh, American apparatus via our tax dollars. So I always wondered why that was, and that's kind of the reasoning there. And that's kind of the start of Zionism, because prior to World War One, Palestine, I mean, from the history that I do know, is, was a peaceful state that Christians and Muslims lived there. And then uh, Zionism was shortly introduced at full scale after World War I. Lots of Jews start immigrating to Palestine. And then after World War II, essentially, Zionism is full-fledged. And then we have, backed by the British government, which was occupying Palestine after World War II, and we start to see the creation of Israel, which goes back thousands of years of being a Predominantly Muslim slash trickled in with some Christians, all living in there for thousands of years up until World War II. And that's why I said in the beginning of the show that Zionism is very important because it created a new power structure, uh, which is the modern power structure, and why there's been relative... Not relative, it's actually been a lot of war in the Middle East since then, right? Because it's all been because of Zionism, right? We come into a country that's been a certain way for thousands of years and you strip it overnight and you say Jews have a rightful place in this area because they're the chosen people of God backed by the U.S. military and U.S. taxpayer money. That's kind of Zionism in a nutshell. Another big piece of the Zionism thing is Zionism and the, the Jewish branch is the most successful lobby group in the entire world of maybe history. The way it has infiltrated the U.S. government is crazy. As you can see that now, we see everyone back in Israel, and I said in the beginning of the show, the propaganda that comes from the mainstream fake news media is overwhelming in favor of Israel. But to me, it, it goes beyond that, right? You can go on other shows and get get, get the gist of that. I'm talking in more broader terms about 
what makes our society a dystopia, right? Uh, and part of that, uh, if you put if you put a blame pie of what causes this our just current dystopia, I put Zionism in there too as a kind of one of a major power structure that you know lets a lot of Muslims immigrate to Europe, which is causing major issues. And, I, and it all, it's all connected. Why why is there a bunch of Muslims, radical people? <laughs> that back Hamas and Palestine, why are they trickled all over the world? Well, because they had their, basically their homeland taken away from them via Zionism. Why do they hate the U.S. so much? Well, because Zionism is backed by U.S. power and U.S. taxpayer money. So it's all kind of interconnected why you see these pockets of radical Muslims, uh, the jihad and all this kind of stuff everywhere is because they're literally kicked out of their home and the Jewish state wants to preserve their heritage and their race so they boot them out, out of the region into other regions. Shaking up basically demographics. That's why you see the UK, you know, has a Muslim, I mean, prime minister. It's all interconnected because a lot of these quote-unquote uh, Muslim people seeking asylum, quote-unquote, are because of the huge shakeup that happened in the Middle East due to Zionism. And kind of jumping on that, the issue of Christian Zionism as we know it is very much a boomer-specific ideology. Uh, that, that's kind of what I've been noticing. It's very boomer-specific because it happened after World War II. The boomers saved the Jews, right? They had this kind of messiah complex with that specific region of the world <clears throat> it may maintain I, I think the way Zionism it may maintain some momentum for a little bit as you can see kind of on the mainstream media how crazy the propaganda is and you know they're beheading children and you know they must die because of that kind of thing like that so it's extremely emotional uh, but it, it's something that people are drawn to in this age, right? Because we live in a dystopia. So anything that can kind of rile up emotions and, and make people feel connected are, that's a driving force in this. So that's why I still think Zionism is kind of still going to be propagated and entertained. But it's definitely on its way down because of the new generation. Because Zionism, honestly, doesn't really make sense to non-boomers. You try to explain Zionism to me, I, I, like I said, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Oh, you're heartless. You're this. What, you, so you're telling me some random fuck my age in Israel is like, you know what? I wonder what's going on in Los Angeles right now. You know, it, it's just a, it's just a crazy way to look at the world. Just because I could care less about what happens over there doesn't make me racist or anything. It makes me a realist. You know, don't tell me you care about Israel because you fucking don't. Go fight their war then if you care so much about them. And that's kind of what I'm seeing to all these political pundits, Ben Shapiro, kind of just foaming at the mouth to go to war for Israel. Well, maybe you should go fight in the front lines yourself for your country that you are so happy to defend and propagate through your platform. Because I know I'm not fucking dying for Israel. And... None of my fucking children are dying for Israel. That's just the bottom line there. I don't give a shit about Israel. The Zionism thing doesn't really make sense to non-boomers, right? We might never really understand why the boomers went so crazy over it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get it. 
But after kind of the Bush era and the wars for Jewish domination resulting in complete disaster, right, we see that, this Jew worship thing isn't selling well at all. It's really not. You know, one of these major things I saw, too, on, uh, on social media is you can look up any, like, president of the United States. They all go to this Jewish fuck whatever the fuck place, and they kiss this fucking wall like a bitch with a little fucking Jewish hat on, and they do this fucking kind of Illuminati ritual, whatever you want to call it. It looks very specific and very intentional that every single fucking president gets to get shot up there in some fucking Jerusalem city and kiss some fucking Jerusalem wall. That's when my ears started to really go up about the Zionist thing. That's when I really started looking into it. That was when Trump did it. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, Mecca America Great himself is kissing the fucking wall of this Jerusalem city. I don't, you guys can look it up. I don't even know that much. I just know I've seen countless presidents do that shit. I don't even care why they do it. The fact that you're even in that situation, and I kind of reverse back to what I said earlier about them being the most successful lobby ever. They've infiltrated um, the U.S. government for sure. All right, going back here, back to this boomer-specific Zionist, Zionistic concept, right? You know, when, when you start to kind of figure it out, this, this starts to become a liability for the Jews, right? Millennials and Zoomers, and basically anyone with the fucking brain can see that Zionism sucks, and there's really nothing in it for us. I'm at the point now, it... it you know, our country was started on a revolution off of two of a two percent or two cent tax on stamps, or sorry, on, on tea. Um, why is anything I I get going to Ukraine to Iran? Sorry, not Iran, Israel. It, it all is the same concept, right? We love the Middle East and we all fund all these wars because of Zionism, because everyone in the region there is pissed off at Israel because they came in and took over their land. And we spent countless billions of dollars and much time and a lot of American soldiers and continue to subsidize this state. And if, and if you really want to look into it, Gaza, to me, just objectively looking at it after looking it up, because I don't know what the fuck Gaza is. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of geopolitical expert on that region. But what I do know from Gaza is that it's, it's away from all the major water sources and power grids. It's a little strip of fucking land that's 25 miles across of like the piece of shit land that no one wants and it's an, an entrance and resources is all controlled by Israel. So to me, let's call it a concentration camp is, is really what it is. And how dare you say that because Zionism, right? You can't, and, and Zionism is married to the Holocaust, right? So. Zionism is stripping people away from their land. Wouldn't you think that's honestly very like crazy, like in the discourse we're in now, where you know you're a colonizer and all this kind of stupid woke shit, but yet Israel is basically exactly that, and people on the left are shilling for them and all kind. Of, it, it just doesn't make any sense because none of this is logical. It's all a very emotional brainwashing kind of thing. Right, Jews had to had to endure the Holocaust, so therefore you should feel endless amount of pity, and anything they do, you should agree with and never question them, because the Holocaust happened to them. 
So when people start to figure this out, like I am, I mean, I know other people are figuring this out, you know, it becomes a liability. And that's why we kind of see the mainstream media kind of panicking that no one gives a shit. So basically Zionism to me is brainwashing Americans into supporting their brutal terrorist blue state by using their political and financial power to fundamentally change Christian religious doctrine, which had throughout of history of the religion, going back to Jesus himself, been very hostile towards Jews. Charlie Kirk and other political Republican youth groups have been having a very hard time shilling for Israel. Like, things that come across my feed, because I'm more, I'm not a Republican, obviously. If you're a Republican or Democrat, you're missing the point. Um, kind of like right now kind of illuminates my point that I've always tried to get at to anyone who listens to the show is Republicans and Democrats are all aligned on the Israel issue because it should tell you everything, right? They hate each other for everything else, but yet on Israel, they all love Israel. It's, it's just a one-party system. <clears throat> and kind of when I said, I want to reverse that a little bit. We said, wrote this down earlier, Christian religious doctrine, which had throughout a history of religion, going back to Jesus himself, been very hostile towards Jews. So yeah, throughout history in that region, you know, it's always been very hostile towards Jews, dating back to Jesus. And quite frankly, I mean, they killed Jesus, theoretically. So of course, people will be very hostile to them in the region. And if you really want to get into the biblical sense, I did a little bit of research, not gonna lie. Uh, in the Bible, basically it says that, you know, Jews can have their land, their promised land, when the Messiah returns. However, the Messiah has never returned, so basically from a biblical sense, Israel is a uh, lie as well. I think the Jews are going to have to do some serious damage control to come up with better reasons for supporting their alleged, quote-unquote, state, which is a terror state that is occupying a concentration camp of Muslims, essentially. Um, like I said, if you look at the conditions of the Gaza Strip, it's akin to living in a concentration camp. The Jews are really going to have to do some damage control, and I don't think it's going to be enough. I really don't. That's kind of... Kind of the main picture, I'm not going to bore you guys with all of it. Just the main concepts I'm saying is in a, the reason we're in the position we're in with the war is because of Zionism itself, which was introduced after basically after World War II, uh, which basically you believe, it's basically Jewish supremacy, right? You know, you believe them to be the holy ones, the chosen ones, whatever the fuck that means. And because of that, they get to disrupt a thousands of year order in the region because they're special. And that's not racist to say. Those are truthful facts about what is the historical landscape of that region and why things are playing out the way they are. And it's just kind of the old guard fading away, right? Zionism is fading away. People don't care about it. They, they don't have the support the public support to support Israel. I don't see it happening. And I end with this. Uh, after Zionism uh, created the, the Jewish state as, as we see it today, they had five pillars called 
in the Jerusalem program. And this is all historical, this is real. The Jerusalem program, the aims of Zionism. Aim number one, the unity of the Jewish people and centrality of Israel in Jewish life. The ingathering of, uh, this is uh, number two, the ingathering of Jewish people in this historic homeland. Eritzi Israel, although Aliyah from all countries. Pillar number three, or number three, the strengthening of the state of Israel, which is based on the prophetic vision of justice and peace. Very ironic, considering they're just bombing the shit out of Gaza and killing innocent people. The preservation of identity. This one's important to me, and I'll have to get to it. The preservation of the identity of the Jewish people through the fostering of Jewish and Hebrew education and of Jewish spiritual and cultural values. And number five, which is also kind of weird in context now, the protection of Jewish rights everywhere. Wow. What a concept. Jewish rights everywhere. Hmm. Not just, you know, there, everywhere. Jewish rights everywhere. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird. The number four was uh, quite the interesting one, though. The preservation of the identity of the Jewish people. Just that in itself is already a oxymoron to our dystopic society where if you don't full-fledged agree with immigration from basically anywhere, especially Muslim countries, you're a xenophobic, bigot, racist, dummy, trailer park, white supremacist. But Jewish state itself, one of their major main pillars that they released publicly was that they want to preserve their heritage and their way of life. Interesting. Also, another thought I was having. A lot of these kind of boomer politicians that I'm seeing on social media, they're fanatics. And they're amongst the biggest part of the problem. Evil angelical Zionists, due to World War II, like I explained, who believe they're going to usher in the Messiah. Jesus himself, through a Western-styled state in the Middle East. That, that's what it is. Here's, uh, here's one, of our, uh, one of our great warmongers, Lindsey Graham. This is how he talks about Israel. Religious war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. We're Level the place. He doesn't care. Israel's under attack. Level the place. Kill everyone. Come on. Here's uh, Ben Shapiro, the greatest uh, identity. You know, he always kind of rages against identity politics, and I, I reasoned with him for a while until I kind of caught on to his uh, his Zionist grift too. Um, but he's a total identity politics when it comes to Israel. He's basically foaming at the mouth for Israel, uh, which is you know crazy how his emotions uh, kind of got the best of him and overrided his logic. Uh, he posted like, remember that? You guys have seen where they said uh, Hamas. I don't even really know the players either. Hamas killed, decapitated ten children, decapitated. And then uh, Ben Shapiro posts it, kind of foaming at the mouth for us to, you know, share his hate of Hamas with him. And he gets upset when we don't. And that's kind of the sentiment that I see a lot is. They want us to engage in the hate, and they're upset that we don't. I'm, like I said, I don't give a shit. But uh, here, here's your boy, Ben Shapiro. Alright, hold on, my bad. 
So the real risk for Israel in not finishing off Hamas right now is that this is taken as a sign of weakness, as it certainly would be, by Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a far more dangerous terrorist group than Hamas. Hamas is a dangerous terrorist group. They just proved it by killing 1,300 Jews. Hezbollah currently has over 100,000 highly sophisticated rockets aimed directly at the north of Israel. Estimates suggest that were Hezbollah to fire all of those rockets, we wouldn't be talking about 1,300 dead Jews. You'd be talking about somewhere between 20 and 30,000 dead Jews, day one. If Hezbollah gets in, Israel will have no choice but to unleash the Air Force. If they unleash the Air Force, they're not going to be worried at that point about civilian casualties at all. They're simply going to have to eviscerate the entire south of Lebanon and topple the regime in Lebanon that supports Hezbollah. If that happens, Iran undoubtedly gets in and so does Syria. If that happens, and Israel is now faced with a, with a full war in the north, combined with a war in the south, because they will not have defeated Hamas, that's the predicate. If Israel is forced to the wall, the possibility of nuclear exchange is extremely high. That is why it is very important that the United States provide the material aid to Israel. So the real risk... Give us your shekels, Goyam, or we press the red button, says Zionist political commentator. <sighs> yeah, that exchange is uh, crazy in a sense. Basically, that's what he's saying. If the U.S. doesn't intervene and fight Israel's war, then Israel will be backed into a corner because, you know what I also have noticed about... As, as powerful as the Jews seem to be, they also can't do shit on their own. They always need some fucking help. They always have their fucking hand out of America asking them to fight their fucking wars for them. But, you know, he's basically calling for genocide. He's basically saying if Israel gets backed into a corner without the U.S.'s help, we're going to press the red button and we're going to nuke the shit out of them. That's Zionism right there. If, if there's anything that I could... You know, maybe my words or... I'm trying to do this in a very short amount of time, guys, and make it very simple. A very complex issue, very simply, right? That is Zionism right there. Give us your fucking money, Goyam, U.S. taxpayer. Fight our fucking war, or we're gonna nuke the shit out of Palestine. That's uh, modern Zionism right there. And uh, we see our U.S. politicians, like I just played it, Lindsey Graham, high-ranking and the Senate division talking about level them. He's foaming at the mouth, too. Yeah, that's, neat. that's Zionism in a nutshell there. From a political commentator to our government to various uh, propaganda basically calling for the U.S. intervention because Hamas is so terrible. And even if they are, I don't care. It's not, not my problem. And... It, it just really isn't. I don't. I don't feel a, a certain way. All I want is our money to stop going there. And both regimes seem like they're at fault, but Israel here, to me, just objectively looking at it, is the terror state with a concentration camp, basically wanting to bomb them. And you heard them right now. If we don't take them now, you know they're seeing this as their shot to annihilate the Palestinians. Uh, the Palestinians, which is basically a Muslim genocide. Um, that's just the facts. That's just the truth. Everything else is kind of cope and emotionalism. This is a blue terror state with a concentration camp powered by boomer Zionism, which is dying off, and that's why they're panicking and talking about nuclear war. Because they know, and the boomers know, no one gives a shit, really about what's going on in Israel, except the brainwashed people who put it in their bios, who are not really going to do anything. 
because it's all just virtue signaling and not real at all. Boomer Zionism is dying, which is causing a tectonic shift in the Middle East. And it could smell the end for a Jewish power state and or nuclear war because of it. And a potential start of World War III. All because of Boomer Zionism. Another thing the Boomer gave us. And, I, and like I said, I, I kind of broke it down there as a, as a kind of a messiah profiting back then. That's why boomers got behind it, because, you know, by giving the promised land to the Jews, we want the messiah to come back, and that's kind of, that's kind of my adult version of why the boomers got behind it. And obviously that's the, the bumper sticker, right? They obviously were lobbied by powerful Jewish interests because we know the Jewish people are powerful, they are powerful in financial institutions and and in politics and just globally they have a network of wealth and interconnected societies and that's when I started looking at this too if you guys can look up the protocols of Zion which is a little bit more on the conspiracy side but basically it's a a plan of world domination through Zionism <clears throat> And Goyim, oh, I said that earlier, right, Goyim. Goyim is what they refer to it as any non-Jew, which basically translates to cattle. You're just cattle to them. We're, we're, the modern way of putting it, in the way the, moder, the, way the, Zion, the Protocols of Zion describe it, the way I could put it in modern terms is Goyim is basically tax cattle. You're basically there to be you know, used monetarily for their Jewish terror state. So you're just a Goyim. You're beneath, you're just, uh, you're a means to an end, essentially, to the Jewish people. And that kind of feels that way. It really does. Uh, I read a lot of The International Jew by Henry Ford, where he talks about how since Jews have been persecuted throughout history, they've had to develop, you know, vast networks globally. Um, because there are, there, are, there are people without a, without a country at that time, right? So they, throughout, throughout history, they've been able to infiltrate various countries, and that's how they kind of started their powerful grid. Uh, and that's what, uh, basically, in a, in a long nutshell, Henry Ford goes on to describe a lot of other things about Jewish power in America and in the global, and in a global sense. But it basically says that the greatest threat to democracy or the Western way of life is the international Jew because he has he can pull a lot of strings and control a lot of things uh, via their banking and powerful connections that they've established throughout millennia because they've been dispersed globally their entire, uh, entire life. So their persecution, while has been tragic in a sense, has also helped them and various other senses because they're everywhere. Uh, that's why Mossad, their agent, their secret agent, like the like their CIA is the most famous and powerful in the world. And uh, reading the International Jew opened my eyes to a lot of why that is because Jews are everywhere, and it's not affiliated to a certain religion. It's more like a like a society in a sense, a way of life. It's not like a race or anything like that. It's more like a like a doctrine to live by, and everyone else is goyim. And um, yeah, I got a lot of that. And then on a more controversial 
way to look at it is Hitler also talked about it in Mein Kampf about how Israel is nothing more than the central headquarters of like Jewish debauchery, right? They they run all their schemes, all their political all their political schemes, financial banking schemes. Uh, so they set up a, basically a headquarters to do international affairs from. That that's where Hitler came in and that's his side of it. This was written after the International Jew by Henry Ford. So you can kind of see how two men kind of illustrate the power structure of why Israel like what I what I talked about earlier, the whole biblical thing and the Messiah and the chosen that's all bumper sticker to give to Goyim, to give to idiots who will believe it. But I think these two men kind of hit it more on the head where the Israel is basically a central headquarters of Jewish power, backed backed and powered by and funded by the U.S. government. So that is my spiel on the Israeli war. It's not really about the war itself. I could care less. It's really about the power structures and the and the intricate. Um, power structure in the region since World War II powered by Zionism. Boom, I'm going to call it boomer Zionism, really, because it's dying off. And that's why I think uh, it's a very interesting time this time, because Israel doesn't really have the full unwavering support of the U.S. government anymore. Well, it, in theory it does, right? All the, souls, all the sellouts in politics do, but the actual people, the population itself, Zionism as a ideology is quite antiquated and foolish looking at it in retrospect because you know we can actually look at how stupid it is and why are we doing this it really doesn't make a lot of sense at least when you look at it from how does this benefit America how does this benefit everyday Americans the answer is it doesn't and there's no way to rationalize it that's why it doesn't make sense anymore a country that's 30 trillion in debt is still funding, you know, a, a terror state for Israel because the boomers uh, wanted it that way. So, to me, my last thought on it is a, I kind of want to look at the bigger picture. You know, the, the dystopia that we see is created uh, much in part by the events after World War II, which was one of them is Zionism, which has led to what we see today and all the, all the casualties and all the war and all the innocent blood that's been spilled throughout the Middle East kind of all falls from that single uh, Zionist movement. And we see that starting to crumble now. And to me, it's the fall of the old war, the old order, the old boomer Zionist regime is falling apart. They're dying, or they're basically dying in office. Feinstein and all those kind of people literally decaying in front of our eyes and it's good to see I think um, we'll see what happens I really don't even know what's going to happen to be honest with you guys I just know that I'm seeing it that way boomer Zionism is dying and I think that's a good thing for America alright my rant's coming up
in like some kind of Ziploc container posing as if this was some kind of like high art or I've seen examples of where a fucking artist will put a banana with tape on the wall and that's uh, I guess considered profound or a lot what I see is uh, is random sprays of paint in some kind of geo, geo like geometric abstract filth um, and then the other day I was at a was an art exhibit and they had overweight people of color <coughs> that's what LA art kind of is is and it's been transforming into it's, it's like unrecognizable from like even five years ago from what I remember it's uh, pretty terrible uh, first thing I'll say is activism isn't art. Nothing against overweight POCs, but that's not art. That's activism. Because um, my argument, and when I see this art, it kind of brings you back to, you know, Renaissance art, and and truly things that we find beautiful. And. In order to make high art or beautiful art or anything beautiful, you know, you have to transcend the filth that is modern culture and not be a mirror or a representation of it. So when you see ugly art or people participating in activism, quote-unquote art, it's ugly because it doesn't transcend anything. It's lazy. It's... It's, it's, you're just a reflection of society, which is dystopic. That's kind of another, another direction, another kind of clue to if you're living in a dystopia or not, is look around you at your art, at your high culture, as it's all disgusting. You know, music is derogatory. Rap has transformed into uh, just a low-frequency type of music that dominates the mainstream. Uh, our public sculptures and art, like I think the Martin Luther King one they just unveiled was supposed to be like hands or it just looks terrible. There was rumors online that it looked like a penis. It was just ugly. Um, you can just look around at, at our public art now and, and just see uh, the monstrosities that they are because um, people are just a reflection of society. And, and I think that happens in every era. Um, you have to transcend your era in order to be great, in order to make beautiful art. And we don't just don't see that enough anymore because everyone's a, everyone is engaged with the mainstream culture. Um, counterculture can create good art, but you, you have to not only be counterculture, you have to be transcendent, right? You have to... People back then were transcended the era they're in due to God and like Da Vinci with the Sixteen Chapel, you know, God touching the finger of, of a human and things like that. So I I just can't deal with it with modern art, how ugly it is. And basically people 
parading around as artists, but they're really just activists. Uh, the other, the other art thing I went to was. They look really cool online. We're gonna explore some stuff. You know, just some something, something casual. If you don't like art, you wouldn't like it. But it was just some kind of a curation of some sort. And I go, and it's. <laughs> it's about saving the trees and how climate change is, killing trees and. This is, I'm sitting there and it's like, this isn't fucking art. You know, that's a bunch of fucking nerds lecturing about their tree hugger shit. Whether it's it's correct or not doesn't make it art. Let's just say, I'm just going to say the arguments are true on Facebook. Everything they said is true. It, it, it's still not art. It, it's, it's bullshit. And uh, I just wanted to say that. Um, we're at a point now where the propaganda and the bipartisanship between what the Goyam think versus left or right has really made them ugly. And everything that they create is ugly. Um, just like with feminism, how they try to recreate movies and it's just a, just a dump. It's flat. No one cares. No one watches it. It's just a remake. It's a copy it's nothing original, it's not beautiful, it's not profound, it's the same old shit, just recycled with a feminist twist on it. That's just one example, right, of our culture. You know, nothing's beautiful anymore. I don't know the last time I've seen a Disney movie that's that's good. Um, I haven't really seen any movies lately that are transcendent or don't fit an agenda. Uh, that's why it's important to seek beauty and to try to create beauty. But you can only do that by transcending the filth that's around you and trying to create something that's a, of a higher frequency. Uh, so that's my take on art at the moment. Just like, it's just terrible, especially in L.A. Like Sometimes I wish I could fly to Florence or something and just look at old Renaissance art. All right, that's another here nor there. Uh, just to keep in mind that you are in a dystopia and your art is shit. And everywhere you look, you look at ugly filth and buildings that are ugly. It's all by design to not make you see beauty. And once you realize that, you can actually go out of your way and look for beauty and improve your life and go out in nature and really look for beautiful things. It's an important human condition to see and appreciate beauty if you're surrounded by ugliness your world will be ugly your outlook will be ugly and that's what they want to put ugliness all in front of you everywhere you go you turn on the music it's ugly you turn on the tv there's ugly everywhere you everywhere you go they want you to see ugly i say no i reject that and i want to see beautiful and when i see ugly things i turn away from them instead of keep seeing them right people who just keep going to these art exhibits it's just don't you see that it's just filth and activism but then that's how I know they're not really true lovers of art anyway it's just a, a thing they do alright neither here nor there that's the show hope you liked it in the days <laughs>